Hey folks, so I've got some good news and some bad news. Let's do the bad news first. This special spooky Halloween episode of That's Allowed marks the final episode of the season. But there's good news. Season two is already in the works. I have already recorded three amazing episodes. And this season, it's not just me. See, season two is going to be a little bit different. This time, instead of telling my own stories, I'm going to be helping other people to tell their stories. The stories that they feel really compelled to tell, but that they've been blocked on for some reason. So I'm there to help them along, sort of like a story midwife, to help them birth that story and put it out into the world. And oh my gosh, you guys, some of the people I've got lined up are going to blow your minds. Your little socks would be blown right off of you. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think and hopefully to hear some of your stories too. All right. Enjoy this last episode of season one, and I'll see you in season two. I only have one really good ghost story. It's the story of my stepfather, Michael. He died when I was 16. But the problem is, the ghost story actually takes place the night before his funeral. And I wasn't alone when it happened. My two sisters, Rebecca and Katrina, were there with me. And strangely, they remember the whole thing differently than I do. In fact, all three of us remember the experience differently. And so I've decided that instead of fighting that fact or trying to make a coherent narrative, I'm going to let you hear all three different versions. And you can decide for yourself what really happened that night. First, we'll hear from my oldest sister, Katrina. Katrina is the most logical, skeptical, rational of the three of us. And so, unsurprisingly, she remembers the whole thing as just a strange dream. Here's Katrina. Okay, so what I remember about the night before Michael's funeral, my stepfather, I remember being alone, um, running through the downstairs living room, because you had to turn the light off on the far end of the room and then run through the dark room to get to my room, running into the room, jumping in the bed and pulling the covers over my head because there was a scary feeling in the whole house, just a creepy feeling from the time I got there. So somehow I fell asleep. And what I remember is the whole thing just as a strange dream that it was like Michael and I were playing hide and seek or tag and he was trying, he was pursuing me everywhere and I was trying to avoid him. I was running away. Um, and finally, at the end of the dream, he caught me and he just said, I just wanted to say goodbye. And he gave me a hug. And when I woke up, the room and the whole house felt completely different and just calm. And the strangest part is, I've been told, there was two people in the room with me, Rebecca and Adrian. Somehow I don't remember either of them. That we all saw something, which that part I don't remember. I only remember it as like a strange dream. But all I know is the next morning, we all felt better. So, Both Rebecca and I, however, remember an actual encounter with Michael's ghost. I sat down with Rebecca on a recent visit to her place in Portland and asked her to just recount the story as she recalls it. 
here's the recording of that conversation. All right, I am here talking to my sister, Rebecca, and we are talking about the night of Michael's funeral. Now, what do you remember about that night? Well, I remember that all three of us were sleeping in the downstairs bedroom mm-hmm. in the big bed. Yes, this much everyone agrees upon. Mm-hmm. We were in the bedroom that is below the kitchen slash dining room. That's not what I remember. What? No. What do you remember? I remember sleeping in the icon room, the room that's the girls' playroom now. Oh my goodness! With the re- and it had a really big bed. That I do not remember. I remember the big bed being in what is now my room. Uh huh. The room, uh, the Japanese room. Right. With right. the shoji. See, I remember it being the that's one that so had all creepy. the Russian icons. Okay. That's really strange. <laughs> Oh, now I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't it wild? It like, is. you have this, such a strong memory of it. Yeah. Because, because okay, just to be clear, something happened that night. We all agree Oh yeah. that we had an encounter with Michael of some kind. Yes. But I think having an encounter like that mm-hmm. really distorts your memory in I an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Because we, were, we all remember, like parts of it but then the rest of it it's like completely different but we've solidified it in our minds as like this is the story i think because it's a story that we Mm -hmm. all like to tell and so we've told it so many times that it's like it's calcified yeah in our minds in different ways that's so interesting anyway go on well the reason i remember it as being that room is because i distinctly remember sleeping on the right hand side of the bed Mm -hmm. and that's the side that the door opened on so I can't see it how it could be any other room. But the bed used to be against the wall, uh, the opposite wall that it is now in my room. Do you see what I'm it saying? it could be that room. Yes. I, I, I yeah. know that that's the way it was oriented at that point. That would make sense. Okay. All right. All right. Now we're so, realigned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us were in the bed. Yes. And... Uh, I wasn't used to sleeping in a bed with other people, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I wasn't sleeping super well. Also, yeah, that sounds right. it had been a very rough day, yeah. and you weren't sleeping particularly well either. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were all just in bed, and mm-hmm. I could hear someone walking around upstairs, checking the doors and windows kind of a thing. I could hear them going around the upstairs, mm-hmm. but it was Michael's footstep, mm-hmm. which was very distinctive. Yeah. Um, because he had that bit of a limp, mm-hmm. the duck walk. The duck walk. walk, yep, yep. And I could hear him going around upstairs, and then I heard him come down the stairs. Hmm. And it's very distinct, because the boards creak completely differently. Oh, yes. Okay, so just to be clear, the the boards mm-hmm. on the that staircase, so loud, like insanely loud. Mm-hmm. You will wake up everyone in the house... Going when, up and down. ...when you step on that staircase. I might have to record a little bit of that just to give everyone the yeah <laughs> <laughs> to the hear audio what it really that. sounds like exactly okay this is a recording of me walking down the stairs in our family home just so you can hear how loud they are okay go on okay So I heard him come down the stairs Mm -hmm. and then the door to the bedroom opened and he just leaned his head in and looked at us. 
And that was it. Yeah. The door closed. And, I mean, he used to check on us like this. Mm -hmm. He used to Mm -hmm. come in and he'd just poke his head in, make sure we were in bed asleep and then leave. Yeah. Um, The way I remember it is that all three of us had our eyes open. Uh, I'm not sure... I don't remember having to shake anybody and say, hey, look, there hey, was look. a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was just, he leaned in, checked, and left. Hmm. The way I remember it is that you and I saw it and were very clear about what it was, mm-hmm. that it was Michael. Right. And Katrina said, it's just a dream. Huh. I don't think she ever actually woke up. I no, think she opened like, her yeah, eyes, yeah. but I don't think she woke up. Katrina is a sleepwalker. Yes. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> So it is totally possible that she said something in her sleep Mm -hmm. uh, without actually being awake. Right. And then the next morning at breakfast, I remember comparing notes Mm -hmm. and that you and I had had more or less the same experience and definitely heard Michael. Right. And then Katrina said it was a dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ellie had a very similar experience to what we'd had. Yeah. And was not at all surprised. No. That Michael would have come to check on us. Yeah. I wasn't really surprised either. Yeah. It seemed like what he would do. <laughs> you know. So, mm-hmm. here's what I remember. Okay. Okay. What I remember is, yes, we were all in the same room, in the same bed. The same big bed in the Japanese room. Okay. And it was very early in the morning. It was like 5 a.m. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I heard the coffee maker go off. And that was a very familiar sound to me because it would go off at the same time every morning. Sure. Um, Michael had to go to Boeing Field Mm -hmm. super, super early in the mornings because he was a flight test engineer. And so he had to be up at before the crack of dawn. Um, And so the coffee maker was his alarm clock. He would hear the coffee maker go off, smell the coffee, get up and start his day. So I hear the coffee maker go off. This does not seem unusual Mm -hmm. to me. Uh, I just thought, oh, that's sad that mom hasn't even put away the coffee maker. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I heard the footsteps. Mm -hmm. Like you said, very specific sound of the footsteps, the shuffle of one foot the step of the other, the shuffle of one foot, the step of the other. That mm-hmm. very kind of creepy, <laughs> wonderful <laughs> duck walk yeah. of his. And as we said, the the floorboards are very creaky uh, in that area of the house, so it was really distinct. And that's the point that I remember looking over at you mm-hmm. and you looking back at me and us having that moment of, Okay, I'm not the only one hearing this right now. Yes. I am not insane. Someone mm-hmm. else is hearing this, and that is definitely Michael. <laughs> uh, See, I remember that exchange. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember that. That's part of my memory, too. Right. Now, here's where it diverges. My memory is, and this doesn't make any sense to me in retrospect, so I think I probably made this part up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But what I remember and what I've been telling people for all these years is that I then got up, that I convinced you to get up with me, and that we walked upstairs to see if Michael was there 
didn't see anything, of course, ran back downstairs, jumped back in bed. In retrospect, I don't think we would have had the cojones to actually do that. I shouldn't think so. No. And then the part that you're talking about when he actually comes into the room, I don't remember that part. Uh-huh. And that frustrates me because that seems like something that I would definitely remember. Yeah. Or unless I believed Kat when she told us it was a dream. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, then we would have all had the same dream. Right. Which is also odd. And yes. I do remember the conversation with mom the next morning. Mm-hmm. And what I remember about that conversation is that we explained what happened. And she just sort of said... I'm sorry, it's my fault. And we just kind of looked at each other like, your fault? What are you talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she said, I can't let go of him yet. And we all just went, okay, yep. let's just not push that one. <laughs> no, I think we would have left that completely alone. Right, just dropped that one like it was hot. I remember her saying something along those lines. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing was that in the morning... We went upstairs early, before Mom was even awake. Mm -hmm. We went upstairs to look for the coffee maker, Mm -hmm. and it was not on the counter. We looked back. It was in the cupboard behind, like, two other things. It had been cleaned up and put away. And yet, we very distinctly had heard the sound of that coffee maker. And that was the part that that stuck with me years Mm -hmm. later, was that feeling of, like, whoa, that that couldn't have been the sound of the coffee maker, mm-hmm. and yet it obviously was. Like, you know the sound of a coffee right. maker. So that, combined with the footsteps, to me, was what made me go, okay, Michael was here. Mm-hmm. Michael was very clearly here last night. And Mom has told me in the years since that, like, yes, she definitely heard his footsteps, felt mm-hmm. his presence in, in the house for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a hard thing to let go of. Sure. For all of us. Yes. You know, Michael was a really, really wonderful man. And he was a huge presence. Yes. Absolutely. He was he was really special. Yes. Yeah. This is the kind of guy who I mean uh, <laughs> I can't even I can't even. He was what I mean, he was the guy who, you know, would play the guitar. Mm-hmm. And sing, you know, he teach you silly songs. And he knew a lot of silly songs. Oh, he knew wonderful silly songs. Mm-hmm. And he was just anyone who met him was just like, what a wonderful man. He collected people. Yeah. He and was he just collected such a kids. Good person. Mm-hmm. You know, just nothing that had happened to him in his life. And believe me, some shit happened some really, to this man. Yeah, he had a rough time. Nothing stopped him from being compassionate and wonderful. Well, and you never would have known. Yeah. No one could ever have said, oh, yes, these dreadful things have happened. No. Because that wasn't what his life no. was about. He was just a class act, that man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. He held himself regally. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for that. Yeah. Glad to do it. <laughs> It's unlikely that we'll ever agree on exactly what happened that night. What we can agree on is that our experiences that night are valid. Our memories, flawed as they are, are ours. And no one can take that away from us. That's kind of
kind of the beauty of storytelling. We get to view our own history through our own lens, and we get to decide what it means and why it happened the way it happened. We are the narrators of our own lives, and that is kind of a beautiful thing. <laughs>